And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, Jersey. All right, everybody, listen up. We know it's hot out there. The weather's been, whew, weather's been tough. But training camp, it's all about keeping that intensity up, keeping that energy up. A little hey, chippiness hey, is all right. Hey, hey, whoa, keep whoa. You guys from, whoa, that's hey, my, what's going on? my microphone. My microphone. Hey, 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 Nick, hey guys, why don't whoa. you just back off? Hey. Nick, why don't you let them in? Guys, listen, I we got to intro the show so we can start the show. First. Keep your... Whoa, hey, Seth, no swinging. My time to talk. Keep your hands to yourself. My time to talk. Nothing wrong with a little chippiness to get training camp going, both on the field and right here on Time's Ours. Hi, we're three professional actors, Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, and Nate Taylor. You were swept away into a beautiful world of our own creation. None of us are uh, Screen Actors Guild members. uh, Mm. Pay the actors and writers. Uh, but we're Please. not. That was just a fun little bit. And really, maybe us trying out. Are we scabs right now? Did we just cross the picket oh, line by no. accident? Because that oh, might be no. the best drama that anybody gets to hear <laughs> created in a while. And I think that was, you know, Oscar material if we were supporting those, which we're not right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know that if a check somehow comes to my door, that is not zero dollars and zero cents. <laughs> I will pay back. I, I will refuse to sign and get that check cashed, okay? Because, y'all, we going to be hurting next March. <laughs> like, <laughs> hurting, I tell you, hurting for dramatic, comedic content. Uh, whew. Um, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, it was really sad seeing that big check for zero dollars and zero cents <laughs> and you're like that's right that's why they don't strike <laughs> you know did you, I, did you really just print me a check and mail it to me that cost you money for no money <laughs> yeah 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 i can't go back i can't no no you want your little sci-fi no nah, not right now no. Nope, 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 I'm actually going to be sitting kind of pretty because, and I thought you guys would be excited to hear this, I have uh, recently started watching Ted Lasso. Hey! Oh, no kidding! With, uh, with myself and Jazz. Yeah, we, we're four or five episodes in, and, and oh. I, I'm enjoying it. Um, I did fall asleep during last night's episode, but that was, that was not the show's fault. That was me being very tired. So I'm I'm excited. It's it hasn't hit you know Brooklyn Nine Nine or better off Ted levels for me, but we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. I I, I just I'm excited anytime you start consuming secular media. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that I'm what I'm not I think? a Mennonite? Like is that, is that what I think that is, Josh? <laughs> oh man, you know, yeah. Hey, not I, that there's anything wrong with Mennonites. Hey hey. Hey, why don't you reach out? Why don't you reach out to him? Let's, get, let's, see, let's see if he want to give a speech. Um, <laughs> what's the old joke about like the Amish? It's like, well, I'll make fun of the Amish because you know they're never gonna hear it. So, like, that's one of my favorite. Um, this man says secular media into a secular media microphone. <laughs> incredible! Incredible! It's nice to see. It's nice to see you've emerged from your yurt, Mister Kaiser. Yeah. <laughs> to Just, talk to talk to us about some of the football. <laughs> I, shout out to Harold Coots from Fox Four, who was like, um, so just. FYI, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know yet, Harrison Bucker, two-time world champion, uh, devout man of faith, or man of faith, I should say, um, you know, obviously gave the commencement speech at Georgia Tech over uh, the spring, um, and yeah, he, he, he said those things into a secular microphone, 
Um, and then Harold was like, did this man just tell me he not a public speaker, even though he gave a commencement speech and talked beautifully to us for 11 minutes? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's what he said. He's he's so humble. Um, so humble, so driven. Um, if anybody can explain if anybody can explain their job the way Harrison Bucker explains the all the elements that it takes to be a successful NFL kicker, you sir or ma'am are doing your job excellent. I don't care what the bosses say, but if you can do it to the degree that Harrison Bucker, whenever he is in front of a secular microphone, does tell you how his approach is changing, how the flight of the ball is changing, what he eats, the fact that he trained less this <coughs> offseason because of the injury, um, because he's now more motivated, because he took more time off from kicking a ball all day, every day. The idea that he now has a greater appreciation because his son is able to kick with him when they go out to the practice fields. And again, Harrison Bucker has been amazing so far into training camp. Um, and he also, yeah, I also gave him uh, the affirmation he was clearly wanting when he was like, I think every day in practice I've been kicking against the wind. And I was like, mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and you're still putting it through them uprights, ain't you now? Uh, so look, for all the things Harrison Bucker has done, he has continued to remain consistent and i just want to remind everybody secular microphones are okay like they're not as bad as they seem and i just want to remind you that i'm also weirdly in an epiphany realizing that i too am talking to a secular microphone i'd like to think that any microphone isn't secular if i'm the one talking into it (laughs) i'm like i i am the burning coal from my from my I'm sorry, I can't even get into that. I'm sorry. Well, that was, I, that was about, we were about to go into a deep cut there. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to say, is, is holy water out here <laughs> giving your mic different, a different, a different mic levels? Uh, yep, I just, I, I, I keep it in a super yeah. next to my desk. <laughs> just, just in case I need to freshen up. Um, I'm glad you... <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned the fights, though, Josh, because that has been one of my favorite parts of training camp so far. Although, can I do a PSA on two things? Yeah, yeah but you say that's my favorite part so far. <laughs> Makes you just sound like the, the president of the Jack Cochran Haters Club. There's many other things I've liked about training camp. Two things. First, Travis Kelsey. Sir, you do whatever you want. I mean, you know, backup shouldn't be grabbing the ball in you after the play is over. Please don't, with your borderline priceless hands, punch someone with a helmet on. I saw that, and that was the thing that made me mad. Not that he punched him. Like, I mean, yeah, he probably shouldn't hit people. But it's like, no, Travis, your hands. Like, I mean, that that freaked me out. And that's that, that actually could be for anyone, not just Travis. That's for anyone. Don't punch someone in the helmet. That will not accomplish what you think it will. Like, punching someone in the head is a great way to break a hand regardless. When they're wearing a helmet, that's just, please don't do that. The second thing, I want Patrick Mahomes to be the fight breaker upper of every fight in the world. Because (laughs) I watched him get between Watson and I don't remember who the other guy was. Smith Marset? Yeah, I pulled that out of the yeah. Is that right? Yeah, and uh-huh. Watching and, and, them, you know, when he got between them at first, they were doing the typical, you know how guys get when someone gets between them, they get even more rambunctious. And you see the exact moment <laughs> they both realize, oh, that's Pat. <laughs> like, And they knew, seriously, if Pat got so much as a hangnail from that, and I mean, and Watson played some snaps last year, and it would not matter. <laughs> like, oh, 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 you heard... You heard the franchise? Are are you Travis Kelsey? No? Okay, we've gone through the checklist. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that it's like that that scene uh, in um, Sorry to Bother You, where it's just like all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes steps in the middle of these two dudes just mother bleeping each other, and all of a sudden it's like, I hope you have a fantastic day. You smell great. <laughs> like, just it, it suddenly turns into a very machismo compliment fest because the first time that Patrick Mahomes gets hit with one after the whistle, you're right, it's over. It's just like, all right, yep. sorry. Hey, hey, um... <laughs> Trey Smith, it, we love you're great. You are, are a 
starting guard yeah. on this team. That's really important. But yeah, what I was Trey trying Smith to say to you, it reminded me also of, and I haven't watched all of the show. I've only watched like a couple seasons of it. Um, Peaky Blinders. Uh, there's a scene there where there's like these guys are fighting and one of them happens to be like this really well-known mobster's son, basically. Uh-huh. And the one guy starts yelling, that's Bully Shelby's son. Are you suicidal? And like everyone just stops. Like, I, I didn't know. I'm really sorry. And it was like that exact moment. Like you just know someone in the back is like, that's Patrick Mahomes. Are you suicidal, mate? Like just don't, <laughs> don't, even, don't even push back. I just, just can't stop. believe how hard you're showing off for the Gentiles in the audience right now. I mean, Peaky Blinders too. <laughs> is yeah, I had to stop watching it. See, this is where it is. I know. Here's the other thing <laughs> well, going well, on. Nate, go ahead. Go. I, I just want to say this, Seth. Um, keep at it with uh, the Ted Lasso. Um, my guess, I guess my the hill that I'm willing to fight on is that episode three of the first season when it's and and obviously this hits home for me because it's you know my profession in a sense. But when were you again, Seth? What? Wh- how far in are you? We're. He's, I think we're through episode five or six. Okay, okay. Okay. It's it's when Trent Krim is at the uh, restaurant with Ted Lasso, where <laughs> I actually realized, oh, this is going to be one of the best shows in television, and to to know that he spent the whole day. Just like, and I mean, in essence, that third episode is a smaller way of just explaining the entire first season. Um, but but yeah, I, I love, I just, I love the third episode. I love, I believe it's the episode where Roy is like reading reading about himself through um, fictional characters to his uh, lovely yep. niece. And yeah, it's just, and, and the way they end it where you can just, you you know... You can just see the he's going to trick all of them. And it's like, yeah, that's 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 the beauty of of the show. Um, yeah. But I think it's making me a more optimistic person. Yes. Like, yes. Like, it's kind of like there are a great. few shows. Yeah. yeah. There are a few shows like watching um, Phil Dunphy on Modern Family. It's like, you know what? I need to support my kids more. Like, just like go along with some stuff. And then watching Coach Taylor do literally anything. On Friday Night Lights, it's like I need to be a better husband, father, and man. How does he do it? How does he do? How it? does he? How how did that man get a get a state championship and almost another one with with Matt Saracen, who I love? <laughs> I would take a bullet for Matt Saracen. But how did he do it? It's hard to say. Um, yeah, the way the way it is read to Rebecca, and then Rebecca realizes. Oh, oh. Yep. It's perfect. It's it's it, it really it is, is good. it's really perfect. Um, so yeah, keep keep watching, and um, I wish I could tell you that there's optimism uh, at Chiefs training camp, but we we not even halfway through, <laughs> Seth. <laughs> there's there's no optimism in Nate's life right now. There's only optimism that he is going to maybe they will install one of those super fast trains between Kansas City and St. Cool. Joe's. Dude, do you know how life changing that would be? I just I have not I have not been in St. Joe this year. And look, people who make like a trip out there and you obviously are like attending and making a day of it. It, yeah. it is one of the best experiences in football. Please don't let us uh, <laughs> tired, tired, rundown media folk dampen it. It is a legitimately incredible one of one experience that most other fan bases don't even have the ability Correct. to do because the Chiefs are playing in a college campus. Yeah. Uh, but when you drive to St. Joe every day for a while, and again, I haven't done this this year, and I, 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 I feel for you, Nate. That those are some hard highway miles. I just know where every mile is on I twenty nine between St. Joseph and Overland Park. I well, that makes I, sense because you you pass the rolling hills and then the beautiful mountains, and then there's that that gorgeous creek. It's like Lake Tahoe between there, right? Uh, sh- sure. And the good thing I will say is that most people are driving really well uh, so far. Uh, uh, you know, it's been fun to actually drive by fans um, in the mornings because, like, I would like to be on time. Um, but, yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's been great. Um, people have already said hello. Um, the next time the team practices is on Wednesday, so that's August mm-hmm. 2nd. I got uh, Ben Williams and Michael Reed down. 
uh, I gotta find them or or and uh, obviously uh, say hello to them. But hey, we saw Clint earlier. You know that was great. Um, oh, I miss I miss getting to meet people at camp. That makes that does bum me out. It's yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, you know it's it's great. But no, like even talking to parents who's like, hey, my kid is going to be one of the guys. My kid's going to be one of the one of the children that are get to you know carry the helmet up the hill uh, with an NFL player, and I'm just like, I hope it's I hope it's Trey Smith. Because <laughs> I just I hope you got a strong kid. I just shook his hand yesterday, and I was like, "Yeah, what in the world was I ever thinking I was gonna make it to this league? Like that's why <laughs> did no one tell me this in seven? They're like, no, um, <laughs> sir, no. And, and of hey, course, kids, don't watch Deuce Vaughn. That's not good for you. It's okay. Yeah, that's a narcotic that. I don't know if the hit on the return is going to be the same. Uh, but no, it's like, hey, you know, do you know which, do you know who your son's going to get to walk with? And they're like, no, it's just going to be kind of at random. And um, yeah, you're going to make eye contact with the with an NFL player and you can ask him anything and he'll probably give you an answer because he's exhausted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you you know, autograph, anything, man. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cool experience. But It's a cool experience, but going there... Um, each day, cause you know, um, cause I'm trying to be a good father and husband or a good husband <laughs> and father, depending on how you look at it. Um, it's, it's been enjoyable because again, we are not halfway through this y'all. I think the last day of camp is August 17th. So there are plenty of days still available. Um, which is what I mostly get the sense from Travis Kelsey. It's like, man, we're not even halfway through this. Why are you punching me? <laughs> <laughs> are you <laughs> the the question I have to ask you, DiCaprio Boodle? Is well, two questions. B A. Do you want to make the roster? And B. Do you want to win games this year? Because why are you punching me? Like, uh, uh. And of course, to your point, Seth, it's amazing that Andy Reid, one of the most old school, hard, you know what, coaches in the league. Let's his Hall of Fame tight end essentially get away with with anything. Hey, are you, are you concerned? Are you concerned, Andy? No. <laughs> okay. I wanted, I wanted to like get your your view of this like in the tent, Nate, because like day one, Andy Reid's like you know no some chirping. These guys are talking. They're working hard. It's hot out here. You know, I love to see. It. I love the intensity. As long as no punches get thrown. And then like not literally, but it felt like forty five <laughs> minutes later, and maybe forty eight hours later, Travis Kelsey throws a punch. I'm not saying he should get cut for it. I'm just saying that scuffle escalated into some a, a scuffle plus one, and then it wasn't much beyond that. Fine. I, I mean, I I do think Travis Kelsey deserves, of course, the credit that he has earned, and and also like, hey man, I know I had a reputation coming out of college, and I'm not that guy anymore. The funniest thing to me is that the headlines could just as easily read like Saturday Night Live host gets in fight at work, <laughs> uh, punches a coworker. Like that would have been funny. Um, but like, what is what is the 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 vibe this year there in that way, Nate, in particular? Because uh, you can read about this in theathletic.com if you'd like more from Nathaniel Taylor. But what what's real there? What's really Andy Reid saying? Ah, bleep it. And and what is he actually kind of like grimacing through a little bit? Help me decode that because I genuinely do not know what the answer is. Yeah, I, and it'd be fascinating to get your guys' opinion on it because I'm a I'm I'm actually shocked that Andy's okay with this. But, um, you know, whether it's Steve Spagnuolo or Dave Tobe, who we've talked to over the last couple of days, um, they've made it very clear that, like, Andy knows exactly when to say what absolutely needs to be said. And he knows exactly when to kind of let the players govern themselves during mm-hmm. a training camp, in particular, one that's longer than usual, which is this case. Um, so Andy knows that we are going to ask him about, like... <laughs> His, his tight end punching <laughs> defensive teammates, dudes who might not make the roster, which is also just wild. And um, Andy, you know, made the choice to say that, uh, you know, Travis put something out on Twitter saying, I got to be a better leader. As Matt Derrick told me today, guys, if you look at the tweet, Travis Kelsey didn't ever say he was wrong. <laughs> he just said 
I got to be a better leader, which means maybe I got to hit him with the words, not the actual fist. Um, maybe next time I need to connect better. There's a lot of way of leading. And I, now I'm not saying he should, by the way. I'm not condoning violence. Right, right. We're not, we're not, I do I look, do wonder. It's like, man, you're like the, the, the seventh corner on the roster. Could you not to, you know, the second most important player in arguably the league? Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. I'll just leave it there. Coach, uh but but for Andy, coach's coach's point has basically been, look, there's um a time where we need to be teaching and there's a time where we need to be ultra competitive. And I'd much rather, at least for this year's team, um, he would much rather have to pull them back versus try to pump them up. Um, and so I thought it was really telling that Joshua Williams said the thing that Andy has told us over and over and over again is we have to have edge. We have to be ultra competitive because they know, at least for the veterans who are a part of the 2019 and the 2020 experience, like Travis Kelsey, um, they know that they're being chased. They're being hunted. Um, and it's going to be a really long marathon to see if they can either keep pace or continue to stay ahead of the league, whether it's the Detroit Lions on September 7th or the AFC's contenders throughout the course of the regular season and the postseason. So last year, it was a lot about have the young guys come along, like the young guys listen like, really listen. We're going to give you a lot of reps. We're going to give you a lot of chances to make a lot of mistakes so that hopefully you'll be ready in September. And then, hey, for all the veterans and all the old guys, just trust the coaching staff, trust the player personnel staff as to why these guys are here. And then coach telling Patrick, hey, you, you need to be just as involved as I am to bring the team together. Well, this team is obviously won a Super Bowl. They have a few newcomers, but not as many as last year. And so uh, they want to be able to dominate from the start. And the way they're going about it this year is really unprecedented in the amount of time that I've covered this team where training camp is really um, all football all the time, but in such a manner that it's very meticulous, which usually leaves fighting you know, scuffles, even shoving. Like it's, I've gone through whole training camps where dudes don't even shove one another, let alone like try to take each other's helmets off or try to swing a punch or whatever. Uh, but one way to increase the intensity, I guess from the defensive coaching staff is we need to create more turnovers, which means we all need to get a lot better at punching the ball out. And sadly, peanut Tillman is not here. So, <laughs> Keep punching and and see if you can work on your work on your jab a little bit better when a, when a player's either coming across the middle or the player has you know or your teammate has secured the pass on a jump ball you can still punch them you know but try to hit the ball um, and it's really the offensive player's mindset to uh, fight through that and so it's in some ways it's a bit more physical. Last year, I believe Andy on the first day of full pass did not let guys really go to the ground. By day two, they were doing full on tackling this past week. So um, they've they've ratcheted it up in a way that is unusual uh, compared to camps in the past. I don't know if that's a good thing. I guess my question for you guys is, is that actually a good thing considering that there are more guys hurt right now than there were last year? What do you think, Seth? I think that Nate's last point is absolutely correct. No, no, yeah, no, go. No, no, I'm not coming for you on this one. Go ahead. You have no thoughts. You want to talk about the fighting, and then I say, Seth, what do you think? And you have no thoughts. <laughs> okay. No, I'm sorry. I thought I thought you were so, doing a bit. So, so okay. Nate, let me ask you a question. When no, we were talking oh, earlier no, about no, like no, how people leave Ted Lasso, thinking like I should be more, I should be more optimistic, or you watch other shows like I need to be a better like husband and father, or what do you think people come away with when they listen to Times Ours? Do you think I I really need to be a better listener? Because that's what I think. I was um, listening, sort of. I know I really was listening and then I thought you were doing a bit with me there. So in terms of the fighting, 
I asked you a question and then I muted my mic because I'm trying to scare these blapin' squirrels off of this bird feeder out my window. They have completely <laughs> drained this sucker. And I thought, well, Seth will talk for a while here. And then I'll I have time to knock on the window pane. I just completely let you down. I actually do have some thoughts on that. Well, that's too thing- bad because we're going to talk about Nate. Or, you know what, Nate? I've been dying. Di- I still have a sticky note that says Nate Pod. McDuffie Breland Speaks. So I well, that Breland Speaks story you wrote like six months ago was fabulous. And I really did want to talk about it on this podcast. And suddenly I'm thinking we have a great opportunity to do it right here. You got to try out somewhere, right? You got to try it with the Houston Texans. I'm, I'm fascinated. You know, if you play it a certain way, um, all that matters, I think, for Breland Speaks is if he can be on an NFL roster by like the second preseason game. Um, so he's still got two weeks to, to figure out where he wants to go. But yeah, he was the... You could argue the best pass rusher in the USFL. Um, And I thought it was fascinating that he chose to play with the number 57, which is what he was known Mm -hmm. with the Kansas City Chiefs. It didn't work out. Um, You know, following up with guys, you know, four or five years uh, after their NFL rookie season is always so telling because not only does the person grow, but they continue to sort of self-examine. Mm-hmm. And Breland was at a point where um, he was willing to share with me quite a bit about why he was not successful with the Chiefs, how the Chiefs, he felt, did a lot to support him. And for a multitude of reasons, uh, he just didn't make the best of his opportunity, in particular that, that second season. Um, or excuse me, in particular after he got hurt in preseason of his second year and then his career sort of um had a had a real it's just wild to, to know that like you know a player can go through a real hiatus even at this high a level and i think as i talk about Breland speaks it does remind me about justin ross because justin ross mm-hmm. is going through a miniature version of what Breland speaks is going through um but you know justin ross is in the nfl which obviously is the highest of the highest competition uh, Breland Speaks has, I believe, earned the right to be on an NFL roster and get a chance to make an NFL 53-man roster uh, if he gets a chance to play in the preseason, given what he's done in the USFL. For Trent McDuffie, um, it's always great when you can spend an entire offseason, especially after you know the team, whatever the team's outcome is, like, hey, they're, oh, wow, they're, they're, all these rookies are going to go to the Super Bowl. And then it's like, okay, well, now they're champions and it's one of the most like remarkable rookie classes in the franchise's history. Um, and so basically from about the combine on, I spent all the entire offseason working on trying to explain how the Chiefs uh, kind of lucked themselves into, into getting Trick McDuffie in a trade that is not of the magnitude as Patrick Mahomes, but it is the most recent trade that illustrates if you make the right moves on draft day, if you do enough research, if you do enough scouting even if you don't think the player is going to be available to you um there might be a fortuitous opportunity and so the fact that Brett Veach has two of these trades on his resume in less than a decade is pretty striking the fact that you know he was the galvanizing force to convince Andy Reid and and uh John Dorsey to go after Patrick Mahomes and then of course uh to be able to see how the entire sequence was going uh, to go up and get Trent McDuffie using the Miami Dolphins pick to jump over the Buffalo Bills on behalf of the New England Patriots. I will never forget that, how the inner divisional play actually helped the Chiefs land Trent McDuffie. And I'll say this right now, their best cornerback on the roster from a talent, Ooh. skill position placement, and the fact that he's this good already. Mm-hmm. And he has so much farther to grow uh, because he is covering the hell out of these dudes. And Pat's like, isn't that cute? Perfect pass. <laughs> it has to be so dime, annoying. Dime piece uh, <laughs> in the bucket. Like, how you want it this time? Sidearm? Chirp uh, McDuffie is our best corner. Um, and people might not be ready to acknowledge that or believe that. But, he was um, at the end of last going season. Going into year two. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, what was that what was that, Mr. Kaiser? He was at the end of last season too. And I like Legarius Sneed. But by the time the playoffs hit, Trent was the better corner. Yep. Uh the Eagles. The Eagles. Look who 
the eagle of this little bird that found his voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the eagle the eagles tried Trent McDuffie once in the second half and was like, why would we do that? Yeah. Let me say real quick, first of all, first of all, uh listen close if you can, if you can hear this. That was me peeling off the sticky note that has said Nate Pod, McDuffie Breland speaks for like two Woo! months. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and discard that. Um Secondarily, if you've not read those stories, you might just Google like Nate Taylor Breland Speaks, Nate Taylor Trent McDuffie. That might get you there quicker than just scrolling down Nate's author page because he's written so much in the time since then. And yes, Seth, who apparently does want to have the talking stick back again, uh, also had a film review about Trent McDuffie um, looking back on on his rookie year, which was obviously super fragmented because of the injury and all. But um, Seth, if you want to talk about Trent McDuffie, you're so invited to. If you want to talk about uh, the energy level at camp and the fighting. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And uh, the floor is yours, Seth. I think that the energy level at you know, the fighting and stuff at camp, as long as it doesn't actually bleed over, you know, I think it's fine. That It's nice to see people fired up. I do think that it is interesting, the idea of when you've got guys that come in and win a Super Bowl as a rookie and contribute at all, there, it might just be kind of an interesting difference in how they view the league and how they view themselves as opposed to someone who, like, say, Travis Kelsey was, you know, he was hurt his first year and then he was very, very good. His, you know, coming in immediately, he was great and then he was awesome and you know, all that. But he had to suffer through a lot of stuff. I'm just curious because the Chiefs are like in a new phase now, right? This new generation of Chiefs players didn't maybe have to struggle quite the same way that some guys that have been around a little longer have. And like, I mean, even Mahomes, you know, I mean, he went through some stuff and he didn't start his first year. And then that second year, you have that, you know, the offsides game and stuff. I am curious to see if a little bit of extra chippiness comes from that. Because I know if I came into the league and was part of a team that won the Super Bowl right away, it might be easy to become a little more like, hey, I'm part of this too, Travis. And it's like, yo, Boodle, come on, man. Like, don't, don't make me say it out loud. Like, you know, and, and so I'm just curious because I, one thing I have noticed is it's been Boodle a couple of times. That's why I'm picking on him a little. I'm sure he's a good teammate. But, like, if you're the one in the middle of the fight multiple times, it's like maybe assume you're you might be the problem, but I I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's good that they're really competitive. Um, Trent McDuffie um, was was by the end of the season, especially uh, he was a better cover corner than Snead. And I like Snead as a cover corner. He does have um, he's a good athlete. Snead now he's a good athlete with a good combination of speed and quickness, but he's a little bit stiff. Um, in terms of when he's moving backward and when he's transitioning. So he can't quite go in and out the same way that, that, that McDuffie can. He can't change direction quite as well. Now, I'm not saying he's bad at it or even average at it. It's just McDuffie, some of the speed turns that man can make in coverage, where his hips just it, – it, it looks like um, – you remember the action figures that you could like spin the legs all the way around – because they were, like, connected kind of by a string. Yes. It looks like that sometimes. Like, his legs will spin, and the rest of his body will stay facing the guy just long enough, and then zoop, it'll spin back. And some of the things he'll do in zone coverage, one of my very favorite snaps, I'm looking at it right now, um, came against, I think it was the Jags, uh, and he manages in zone to take away three different reads, just one after another after another. And it's so much fun. And then finally, when, when Lawrence throws the pass, because he positions himself so well, he's got to lead the ball inside, and Bolton nearly picks it off. And everyone said, what a play by Bolton. And I'm like, well, actually, the receiver had a step. But the ball came inside. I mean, he is he was really good last year. And being really good as a rookie is tough. It's also tough to um, stack year after year of good cornerback play together. That's yeah. so why I'm really interested in what the three rookies do this year. Um because it's hard to be average to above average multiple years in a row as corners. And I know, Josh, you and me back in the good old days of, of almost entirely sports scene, mm-hmm. we talked about this. Yes. Quite a bit. Like you you just see those ups and downs. And that what, that's what makes guys like, say, like a Sean Smith 
to do a little blast from yeah. the past. That made him really valuable because he was he was never a great corner, but he was solid year in and year out. Um, you know, Bashad Breeland. I was going to say, does Bashad Breeland get, I would like Bashad Breeland to be yes. inducted into the Sean Smith Hall of Fame. Yes, absolutely. Breezy. Bashad Breeland. Good every year, like, or at least above average every year. Charverius uh, Ward might put a whole career of that together. Yep, super consistent, and it's hard to do. And so I'm curious with the young guys. I haven't heard a ton about Watson or Williams, except Williams changed his number. A lot of guys changed yeah. their numbers. So did McDuffie, by say, the way, so you got to get ready for that. He's 22 now. I That is throwing me off so many. I was like, man, Juan Thornhill is just playing some man. <laughs> Wait, that ain't right. And I'm like, who is this rookie? Who is Oh, nope, that's McDuffie. Dang it. And which, I mean, he looks terrific. All these guys changing numbers, it is freaking me out a little bit. I'm very easily uh, flustered, such as when I'm like <laughs> appearing on a podcast and shocked that someone would talk to me. They go, oh, oh, you want me to talk? Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. So the thing with McDuffie, I mean, it, it, there is a review on him, the Chief Guard Newsletter, that really goes into it. I think I charted, I want to say six games including like the playoff stretch because they faced a bunch of really good receivers. Yep. That's exactly right. Uh, All anyone remembers from the Super Bowl is that he basically misplayed the ball as it was coming down. He thought with the way Brown's hands moved because corners play the hands to see when the ball's coming. He thought the ball was coming. So he turned and slowed and the ball was actually thrown like another three or four yards deeper. And so he was in position. He just misplayed it. But so that's all anyone remembers from the Super Bowl. But he did some stuff. He's a terrific tackler, terrific blitzer, um, great in zone, great in man. He really does not have any weaknesses, and he can do all those things that Snead can do in terms of the blitzing that kind of stuff. Really, with those two guys as the top two corners, I'm really excited for that group. I, and you can actually, and there's more that was going on here because the pass rush came on, but you can actually divide the Chiefs' defensive season into before McDuffie came back and after McDuffie came back. And you can see a massive difference in their defensive efficiency. Now, again, Spag's defenses always get more efficient down the stretch. Um, and the pass rush really did heat up, but he was a huge part of that too. And, and, and when you add an extra good corner, it's not just the effect of that one spot, because what that means is you bump your next best corner onto their third best guy. You know what I mean? And it just, it's this domino effect. So uh, McDuffie is a guy I'll talk about all day because he, he, he's, he's so good already. And that's like, as a rookie, he was a, he was a good to very good corner. And that makes me excited to see what he can do next year or this year. Wow. We're in this year now. Yeah. We're We're in in the year. We're in it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite-free. You see this? 
this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Same deal with uh, Seth's piece here. You go to uh, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. You have to scroll for a little bit because it has been a little while. Um, but a great film review there. Again, Nate's story up in The Athletic along with his Breathe and Speak story. This is us, us emptying the archives here uh, because I wanted to make sure at some point we talked about that. But now there's, you know, at least practice is happening. So we, uh, if you want, want more of the required reading, you can uh, follow up there. I, I want to talk about receivers with you guys yet again. Seth's written about that. And I also, I can't remember how much we talked about Drew Tranquil last week or when Spags talked for the first time. Um, I Nate, I know you don't have any understanding of how time currently works because St. Joe is like the water planet and interstellar where time just moves differently. Um, so I don't know if, we, if we've covered this already. If so, we can, we can give it a, a little bit of a baseline to talk about Tranquil some here today because he, he spoke uh, in, at the tent as did Spags, which is great. Spags pressers just make my day a little bit brighter. But Steve Spagnuolo has now, after the first time, saying he figured that Drew Tranquil would uh, work at all three linebacker spots plus some sub packages. Today, he says, well, yeah, now he's played all three linebacker spots and in sub packages, he noted both with Nick Bolton and essentially in place of Nick Bolton with other guys out there. Uh, and then we, we heard from Tranquil as well. Last time, Spag said it's like he's been here for three years already, which sounded like the happiest I've ever heard Steve Spagnuolo <laughs> the smile on his face. Yeah. As he must have said that. What a compliment to give. Um, but Nate, what did you make of all of that? And uh, oh, one other thing from that I thought was interesting, just kind of in the whole linebacker conversation, Spags did say, you know, he's he's good enough. He could be a starter somewhere. But we got three really good players in our base right now. I'm paraphrasing, but he was saying yes, we got three right. good starters now, which is implicitly penciling in Leo Chanel there. I don't know how real that is or how much that's just him being kind of the incumbent. Uh, but I'm really interested to, to hear what you've seen from that group. And and Seth, we've had some short but but interesting conversations about Tranquil that I think uh, I think a bunch of this is going to come home to roost if I had to guess. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to write about Drew uh, probably later this week. Um I got to be honest with you guys. Uh, I can see why Steve Spagnuolo's falling in love with this man. <laughs> uh, not only has he picked up the system, but he's he's making better reads uh, throughout camp. Um, you know, he missed the first uh, two days of pass because of a neck injury. He came back uh, yesterday on Sunday and uh, did pretty well in some of the team periods. You know, they're, they kind of eased them back in. So on Wednesday, when they do have the full pads on it, it is another two hours and 25 minutes. Um, I want to see how he is used. Because the thing, the word that I that I wanted to emphasize when I asked my question to Spagnola was it, it appears that they're really experimenting with him. And they really, they really are. I mean, can you, can you, can you want to go out there for nickel for a few snaps? I mean, just, just to, just for giggles. I mean, this, this guy has played pretty much every position in camp. Um, he's really good at blitzing. And so what's becoming clear to me is they about to light these, they about to light these quarterbacks up. Jared Goff better have his protection game on lock on opening night because Drew Tranquil, really good at blitzing. Nick Bolton, when he runs for it, good things usually happen. Uh, you know, that's even when the ball has been snapped and he's obviously in his normal position. Willie Gay is an athletic freak, and uh, I think he's going to come off the edge quite a bit, kind of like how he pressured Jalen Hurts in the second half of the Super Bowl. And Leo Chanel is all I do is run for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> coach, um, this is for Brendan Daly and for Steve Spagnolo. Per my eyes, 
this man never needs to be in a one-on-one ever again. Ever. Hmm. Ever. You know, it's fascinating that there are, you know, experienced people of the industry in the NFL who are like, look, guys, the one-on-one is designed to set up timing, rhythm between the quarterback and the receiver. You try to guard any one of them dudes in one-on-one, and and good luck to you, sir. Uh, So anytime a defensive player wins a one-on-one between, you know, safety and tight end, like Justin Reed and Travis Kelsey, or... You know, hey, Rasheed Rice versus Trent McDuffie. Anytime the DB wins or performs pretty well, that's that's actually favorable for the the person on defense um, because the drill is to actually help the quarterback and the receiver get their rhythms down in terms of, you know, how they want to adjust to certain press coverages, um, how they want to build off certain routes or maybe tinker and change with them from time to time. (sighs) I know Brendan Daly already knows this probably. Leo Chanel needs to be going forward at all times. <laughs> I don't care if it's diagonal. I don't care if it's just a straight beeline. He don't need to be backing up. And he has improved his eyes. And you can tell he starts to trust himself more in zone coverage. But again, Leo Chanel is not built to cover a tight end one-on-one in man coverage. He's not. That's why you that's that's why you hired Drew Tranquil. Mm-hmm. So I think they got four really good linebackers. And the best part for Spags is all four of them are viable options in terms of blitzing or giving the impression of a blitz that might open up something else uh, from your scheme. Um, but but Tranquil's almost intercepted Patrick a couple times, um, and I think that's a very good sign because. Uh, you can start to tell that he's seen where he fits into the scheme. And now it's just about, hey, how much can we experiment with Drew Tranquil between now and August 17th? And hopefully by the time we break camp, we can say, you're going to do these three to four things against the Detroit Lions. And guess what? They have no tape of this. Mm. And that is really going to benefit us because this is your first time in the system. And you're a veteran who's really, really talented. Playing alongside, you know, three other linebackers who were excellent the last time we saw them on a football field, uh, that being Super Bowl 57. Okay, Seth, I don't want to alarm you. I'm going to ask you a question at the end of this, so just (laughs) set your feet and get ready. Uh, First, I love the phrasing from you, Nate, on the experimentation with the linebackers, because that 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 makes me so much more excited to, to talk about and to to, to try to unpack what they're doing as opposed to just like, yeah, Tranquil can back up any of these spots. It's because there's a little, there's a little mad scientist that might be coming out of Spags this year a little more, which is great. Uh, but Seth, what do you take from that whole sort of linebacker picture where we've talked about your love of Willie Gay Jr. that occasionally seems unrequited by the Chiefs coaching staff, but maybe he's maybe he's coming off the edge a little more. That's that's kind of fun. What Tranquil can do, obviously, you've you know said time and time again that Nick Bolton's bad at football, and anyone who thinks he's good at football is an God idiot. What um, so- <laughs> understand what this does to me, man? People, people do not, man. The Chris Jones bit, people understood this one. Man, people take that one seriously. But please, please go on. <laughs> I I'm just gonna go ahead and add in. I think I think the local school aspect to this is tough. So don't don't do any bleep talking about Daniel Wise uh, while he's filling in for Chris Jones. And FAU is gonna be a test for us. That's all hey, we're gonna say, Nate. Hey, real quick, Seth, Nick Bolton was in the Oval Office. <laughs> why are you Why are you disrespecting this man? <sighs> did Did he? Man. I thought for sure I saw him score a. Touchdown in, in one of those big Super games. Super Bowl. Come on, Was it the man. Super Bowl? You know, I have already ruined my Twitter experience for a day over this. Because <laughs> someone asked, you know, whether or not he should have, or like if I would, like they didn't ask me specifically, but you know, it was the editorial you. Would you have awarded the MVP, Super Bowl MVP to Nick Bolton had he had that had that second one counted, right? Yeah. And which my, my answer, which my father believes should have counted. Oh, well, no, 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 100% should have counted. But, like, the thing that I'm – like, to me, this is about a larger issue than one game. This has to do with how we watch football. And, like, the last 13 years of my life, 
have been dedicated to going beyond two defensive touchdowns. What? And I'm like, <clears throat> it just, it, Jalen Hurts just dropped the ball, man. Like, he, he did a nice play state Big discipline. Bolton spooked him. <laughs> so easy. Somebody else should have picked up the ball and went and scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl then, I guess, Seth. I don't know. I just, it's, man, you, you, <laughs> and then, I, 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 great. He was gap sound. He stayed with the quarterback. He made the correct play. But, like, Hurts dropping the ball was luck. And that ball, which, Nate, what, sh- that is, what shape is that ball not? <laughs> that ball ain't round. I tell you that. That ball ain't round. And it bounced right into his hands. That's awesome. And he was opportunistic. And he ran it in. And that's great. But let's say the ball had bounced to the right instead. And I think it was Karloftis there. And Karloftis ran it in. Does that mean Karloftis should be considered? Let's well, that's not what happened, though. Oh, <laughs> but it, luck, it's about value above replacement. And, and then the other play, Legereus Sneed forced that fumble. Like, where's the love for Sneed, who made an incredible play on the ball, knocks it loose, and it bounced right to Nick Bolton. Those two plays weren't even his, two of his top five plays in the Super Bowl. But yet, they're the plays people point to. And... I had a really tough time on Twitter for like a five hour period where I was like, guys, it's just like, no, it, it, this is box score analysis. And then, but then it's like, oh, you think Nick Bolton's like, no, I thought he actually played a really good game. <laughs> and so I don't know. One anyway, FR, so- one TD. <laughs> How about those analytics, Seth? Uh, uh, so I just... Well, when people tell me, well, I mean, two defensive touchdowns matters way more than anything Mahomes did. I'm like, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, that's what people are saying. And whoa. Like, oh, it's not whoa. that. It's about value whoa. of replacement. What did oh. you do that another average NFL player in your spot could not have done? And that's where Bolton had a few plays like that in the Super Bowl. And we should talk about those. Like, uh, on a late third down coverage play, like, he, he he had some really good run stuffs. Like, he did some really good things that were better than those plays. Anyway, I think you asked me about the linebacker room. God, thank yeah, you. yeah. I just want to know what you thought about Tranquil and everything Nate said. to manipulate. It's depressing. I'm 38 years old. And I'm out <laughs> here just, like, wind him up and watch him. <laughs> and anyway, so I was the symbols monkey. I don't know why I made that sound. So... <laughs> That thing's scary, man. I don't. Uh, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't gaslight the symbols, monkey. <laughs> no, no, that thing is terrifying. So, <laughs> here's the thing with the linebacker group, Drew. This was always going to happen with Drew Tranquil, and I will just say this: I think if it were me, when I look at skill sets, the person that I think should lose a few more snaps to Drew Tranquil is Bolton. The biggest reason for that is they used Bolton as their dime and primary nickel guy. And it makes sense for Tranquil to take all those snaps and maybe all those box safety snaps too. Like you could see Drew Tranquil on the field if you look at how the Chiefs lined up last year with plenty of three safety sets, right? And then lined up Bolton as the primary dime guy. I could see a world where Tranquil's on the field like 75% of the time. And I think that would make sense. Instead, what I fear is it's going to like, well, you know, we should give him Willie Gay Jr. snaps. And that doesn't make sense to me. And so I'm still afraid of that. But I'm really excited. These are good problems to have, right? Where you've got multiple guys that are talented that can do a variety of things. And my hope is that this leads to them finding some creative three linebacker sets that aren't just, you know, your base and so I'm excited to see that because I think that keeps them talented and with tranquil skill set can keep them still strong, defending the middle of the field while being strong against the run. And that's the hard thing to do in today's NFL, right? Everyone's trying to, you know, uh, prevent the big play and we're playing two safeties deep. So teams are saying, well, we're going to spam you underneath and in the middle of the field and we're going to run the ball now. Well, if you've got a linebacker group that can get it done, and the defensive line obviously needs to do some work there too. That that's a big deal. So I underrated signing. It's flown under the radar, but Spags was always, always going to fall in love with this dude. Anyone that's watched Spags coach for the last few years and then watched Tranquil's tape was like, oh, Spags is gonna love this guy. 
Like, and that's exactly what's happening. So thinking out loud, just I, this is the first time that I've fully kind of processed the, the linebacker situation this way. So either of you can tell me if you think I'm a genius or stupid for it. But is the, for, for all of the talk we've had that's based in some like vibes and some observations where you go like, yeah, Spags just doesn't really trust Willie Gay to be where he's supposed to be or to help set up other guys or whatever that aspect of it is. That there's just not there's not the same amount of trust there that there is between Spags and Nick Bolton, right? That seems somewhat evident. Yeah, that's that's um, definitely fair. And, and Leo Chanel, rookie last year, we'll see where he fits into that. But if Steve Spagnolo does trust Drew Tranquil in, in a similar way as a, you know, just a fast processor or knowing what he's supposed to do and the jobs of everyone around him, whatever the details of that are, and you guys might have more details you throw at it, but whatever the details of that are, if if he trusts Tranquil that way in a way he didn't trust Willie Gay, maybe maybe Spags even would, would be willing to see his uh, depth chart grow three sizes a la the Grinch and say, you know what? Nick Bolton doesn't have to be out there for every godforsaken snap of this defense because <laughs> Drew can go out there, keep everything running on time and be a little more uh, be, be a little more versatile in what you might see in a sub package, in a passing situation or whatever you're trying to show that defense. And, and maybe now I'm getting full into wishful thinking. This one I don't even believe is true. Maybe if you trust Tranquil that way, it can be him and Willie Gay out there in some sub packages, which I would love to see. But maybe Spags doesn't want to put Willie Gay and, you know, Leo Chanel out there to do it on their own. I'm just throwing I'm throwing linebacker takes at the wall here. What does that does that move you either of you at all? No, it, it definitely moves me. And I, and I want to make it clear to, to people that um, what Nick Bolton did last year uh, was carry the weight of the entire defense on his shoulders, not named Chris Jones. Um, Chris Jones played the most snaps on the defensive line. Nick Bolton was basically on the field all the time um, because you could argue they didn't have a backup middle linebacker um, last season. And so uh, for him and Willie Gay, once Willie came, came back from his suspension, both of them not really having any major injuries uh, kept the defense in a position to where it could improve over the course of the season. So... You know, as I said before, they have three leaders. They're all on each level of the defense. Chris Jones is not here. We've 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 given all the reasons why. Uh, Justin Reed has been wanting to tell everybody, if you're on his Twitter account, that he is going to be great this year because this is the first time in his five year career, going on to his you know sixth season, sixth season, that uh, hold on, hold on, kids, check these notes. Oh boy. <laughs> Nice. Sure what you're digging for. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to be factually accurate. You know, yeah, sixth season. Uh, <laughs> this will be the this will be the first year that he's had the same defensive coordinator for consecutive seasons, which same, is crazy. Same defensive scheme for consecutive seasons. Uh, so your leader should grow in that capacity, and then yeah, Nick Bolton uh, is your all time franchise leader in tackles for a single season. But he don't have to. He shouldn't have to do that this season, um, while be, while still growing as a player himself, uh, because you have Drew Tranquil who can play middle linebacker uh, from time to time and can be available to you on dime or nickel situations based on you know what the third down sort of look like. But um, but yeah, I I can see why Drew Tranquil might be the most underrated signing they've had this offseason that could equate to winning uh, this year. I'll also just go ahead and, and we'll uh, we'll reverse engineer it once again here, Seth, to say that uh, if people want to read your thoughts on the wide receiver group right now, they can do that. Chief in the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. So now you got to get out of here. Uh, and we're, we all got to get out of here. We've done a full podcast. Good job, everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it, if you want to kind of go guy by guy through the, the depth chart and see where Seth's at right now, you can check that out. Plus some uh, clips from training camp up in there. Uh, and then I'm just going to go ahead and guess that we will have reason to talk about the receivers the next time we do an episode of Times Ours. Uh, so we will most certainly uh, talk about the pass catchers and, and how they shape up. Uh, and also, you know, diabetic King Noah Gray just feels, you know, a uh, uh, bad pancreas, no problem, uh, career year. But other than that, we can, you know, talk about that more uh, coming up 
later on in the uh, in the, the cycle for training camp. Nate, do you know, you said you're going to write about Tranquil later in the week. Anything uh, on the way on theathletic.com in the next uh, six days or so? Maybe something on Justin Ross. Just just maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to believe. By Woo! Ooh, me we'll, too, baby. We'll, we'll see what happens. Preseason games are a good indicator, but the pads came on. That's actually one of the things I'm going to I'm gonna write about. Um, the pads came on, and, man, the Ross and Rice in particular, but also Sky Moore, like, their names didn't stop popping up once the pads came on. And that's a good thing. Now, we'll see. There's no way he was right about all three of them. There's no way. There's just no way. But what if he was? Like, can you imagine the wailing and gnashing of teeth across the entire NFL if Brett Veach got it right on even two of those three guys? So so you're saying there's a chance? There's no way he's right on all three. Choo-choo, mother bleeper. Justin Ross hype train leaving the station. Let's go. Get on. No more time to drag your feet. You're either on now or you're off now, Seth. We're on. Uh, We're leaving the station. Can I finish the article first? I'm writing about, it's my one of my favorite yearly articles. And I've been doing the Chief of the North long enough that I can like link back to the last two. Yeah. I'm writing Here's, real or fantasy. I almost called it, what's your fantasy? And I, was, I just could not bring myself to do that. What's your fantasy? <laughs> not quite that secular. Not quite that secular. I also just so happened to. Uh, to is, it, is that what you asked? Uh someone of interest at, at the bar yeah <laughs> no I, I i just so happened to hear that i've been song. starting conversations with what do you think about justin ross i genuinely don't know where i heard that song that song was not appropriate for the radio just throwing that out there i suppose josh this would have been before your time but yeah i almost made a joke about like what is radio and then i realized <laughs> i can't make that joke um so i'm gonna say uh what's music on the radio yeah <laughs> Yeah, there was a time where just Man. you just you 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 punched in that dial and you hoped for the best, and that wasn't <laughs> the same song that they played eight times last hour. Or depending on what you know what song it was, you were pretty psyched to hear that song for the eighth time in an hour. Nate, you remember um, when uh, uh, was it was it was it the Eminem show when the real Slim Shady was it that that one that was on. Was that on the Marshall Mathers LP or the Eminem show? Either way, I worked outside that summer. Do you remember, was there ever anyone that wasn't listening to that song as they drove by you? Because that was my life. Yeah, like that that and, oops, that and Oops, I Did It Again. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Mm. <laughs> Which, by the way, holds up if you listen to it. You're like, you know what? It does. Cool. I'm just saying, it holds up. No, I mean, I'm they, with you. I think they, take. I mean, they have to slap her, though. I mean, she just wanted, she just wanted to say hello. Yeah, what was that, man? She just wanted to say what's up to my Hey man, you looking real tall. I just want you to have a successful <laughs> NBA career. My god, look how tall he is. Why you got to slap her like that, dog? I forgot about why, why that. You gotta yeah, do that to her? Why you got to do that to her? Uh, especially if they're wearing helmets to bring it full circle. Oh. <laughs> um all right, let's end, let's end it with this. Josh, let's just end it, please. Is that no, no. official ruling? You have until the end of the film review, but I'm going to need the decision from you. Maybe before you hit publish. This That might be the last call for anyone to be on or off the bandwagon. That's my rule. For just for all three of the young receivers or Justin Ross specifically? Uh, Justin Ross specifically. Oh, can't I wait for one preseason game? No. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely You're either not. in or you're out. Like, have the courage of your convictions here a little bit. You don't need to see him play real football. We got training <laughs> camp with pads. That was honestly too far. <laughs> in this show please nate all right josh uh Desperate. Desperate. This, this is our annual little little game show that we do oh boy okay on saturday it rained which means and, and lightning uh hope everybody stays safe which means on saturday they had to move to indoors which unfortunately Najee johnson tore his acl his season He's is over. over it was also john ross retired by the way that's not that's just a different <sighs> transactional thing but anyway, as I've told everybody for multiple years, when the Chiefs go inside during training camp, that's when the real, real practices start. Which means I can't give you information other than audible sounds. 
Josh, oh you give we me. We changed our Zoom settings before this show. I don't know if it's gonna work or not. Josh, you say the name. I'm gonna give a sound. You, you, you. Anybody on the roster that you think might be close, you want to know a little bit about where he else on the depth chart. You will find the answers through these sounds for just a few more minutes. All right, Josh, do you want to do? Do you want to do three and I do three? I think let's just go back and forth. Okay, you start. Go. Rasheed Rice. <gasps> It, it definitely didn't work. No, but I, think, I, heard I don't the think that will work end, until the next Zoom. And, and I'm yeah, me excited. Too. Yep. Um, I'll go a different route. Uh, Charles Amenahu. It's the kombucha lady right now. A cornerback not named Watson, Williams, McDuffie, or Sneed. Or Johnson. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're just down there, Seth. I don't know if you want to work together to figure out who it is or if we just let that go there. But yeah, I I, I don't want to get Nate in trouble. I'm trying to think who that would be. I think it's Nick Jones or Echo. Oh, Blanca. yeah, I've heard. Okay, okay you know what? Fine. I, I had one in mind, but I'm, I'm going to I'm going to do some teamwork here. Nick Jones. Mm hmm. <laughs> man man how does beach keep doing this can i can i go again yeah please me? please yeah please. um Jawan taylor mm. that was me sorry that was me everybody nate yours <laughs> that was my uh, reaction to seth uh, picking I'm, Jawan I'm, taylor. I'm sorry you said Jawan taylor yes sir I got one. Do I have one left here? Yeah, my last one. I've been saving my last bullet in the chamber. Nate. Mm hmm. Justin Ross. I don't know if Nate made a sound or not. I know he did because I saw the yellow things. Oh, I don't have the window open. I cannot wait to listen back to the podcast. Oh, we've just created an Easter egg for ourselves that every other person listening to this knows what the answer was, but we don't. I know. All right. I'm going to do my last one. Choo-choo. Choo-choo is where we're going. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then, we've already done Rice and Ross. Yep. Yep. So I feel, man, I just really want to know... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm torn between a rookie with something or a second year player with something to prove and a majestic white horse. Oh, oh. I mean, there are audible noises that I can't make to the adjust. I mean, the majestic white horse can produce Ooh. sounds that you don't know, need to be made. I, I'll stick with that. I just know. Oh, we're like. We're like eight noises from a not suitable for work podcast. Yes! <laughs> this is gonna be a podcast that I would start listening to, but I would turn off because of my moral What was the Steven A noise?